Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living A Course in Miracles. This is season five and it's called The Book Club. We're on chapter 28. Welcome back. I missed it by a day. I'm so sorry. I meant to post this yesterday and just forgot. It is not my usual day and it slipped my mind. On a positive note, we are beginning the end. In other words, the following chapters will explore how we make all of these teachings work for us on a daily basis. Today we'll continue and complete chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear. I'll cover the following sections, The Greater Joining, The Alternative to Dreams of Fear, The Secret Vows, and The Ark of Safety. So let us begin. The Greater Joining is on page 598 of my book, and chapter one, sorry, paragraph one starts like this. Accepting the atonement for yourself means not to give support to someone's dreams of sickness and of death. It means that you share not his wish to separate and let him turn illusions on himself, nor do you wish that they be turned instead on you. Thus have they no effects, and you are free of dreams of pain because you let him be. Paragraph two says, there is a way of finding certainty right here and now. Refuse to be a part of fearful dreams, whatever form they take, for you will lose identity in them. You find yourself by not accepting them as causing you and giving you effects. So they're talking about this world. I'm going to stop right there. They're talking about this world. You know, don't buy into the identity of this world. You are not your body. You are a spiritual being. Your body is just an avatar in this world playing out this illusion and you're creating all of it, all of it, even your dreams. You're creating it all. Accept that. See the separation for what it is, the separation of the ego and the spirit. The ego is living the illusion. The spirit is trying to figure it out and work through this by using the body as the vehicle on this journey. Um, sentence four says, you stand apart from them, and but not apart from him who dreams them. Thus, you separate the dreamer from the dream and join in one, but let the other go. The dream is but illusion in the mind, and with the mind you would unite, but never with the dream. It is the dream you fear and not the mind. You see them as the same because you think that you are but a dream and what is real and what is but illusion in yourself, you do not know and cannot tell apart. So again, the two parts of the ego and the spirit, you don't know that the ego is the is creating the illusion is all part of the illusion and your spiritual side is what you truly are. Next page. And then I jump down to paragraph seven, which says the Holy Spirit is in both your minds, both those separated minds. And he is one because there is no gap that separates his oneness from itself. That's the bigger oneness. The gap between your bodies matters not for what is joined in him is always one. No one is sick if someone else accepts his union with him. His desire to be sick and separated and separated mind cannot remain without a witness or a cause. And both are gone if someone wills to be united with him. Next page. And I that's page 600. And I drop down to paragraph 10. 
join not your brother's dreams, but join with him and where you join his son, the father is. Who seeks for substitutes when he perceives he has lost nothing? Who would want to have the benefits of sickness when he has received the simple happiness of health? What God has given cannot be a loss, and what is not of him has no effects. What then would you perceive within the gap? And then sentence eight says, your willingness to let illusions go is all the healer of God's son requires. He will place the miracle of healing where the seeds of sickness were, and there will be no loss, but only gain. And the healer is the Holy Spirit. Remember the healer is the Holy Spirit is our comforter, our healer, and our guide. The next section called the alternative to dreams of fear. Paragraph one starts like this. What is the sense of sickness, but a sense of limitation of a splitting off and separating from a gap that is perceived between you and your brother and what is now seen as health. And so the good is seen to be outside the evil in and thus is sickness separating off in the self, the self from good and keeping evil in God is the alternative to dreams of fear who shares in them can never share in him, but who withdraws his mind from sharing them is sharing him. There is no other choice except you share it. Nothing can exist. Oh, I'm going to keep going. And you exist because God shared his will with you and his creation might create. Paragraph two says, it is the sharing of the evil dreams of hate and malice, bitterness and death, of sin and suffering and pain and loss that makes them real. Unshared, they are perceived as meaningless. The fear is gone from them because you did not give them your support. Where fear has gone, their love must come. Because they, there, sorry, are but these alternatives. Where one appears, the other disappears. And which one you share becomes the only one you have. You have the one that you accept because it is the only one you wish to have. So again, oh no, I'm going to keep going here before I explain all this. Paragraph five at the bottom says, what is there God created to be sick? What is there that God created to be sick? And what that he created not can be. Let not your eyes behold a dream, your ears bear witness to illusion. They were made to look upon a world that is not there to hear the voices that can make no sound. Next page. Page 602, paragraph six says this, creation proves reality because it shares the function all creation shares. It is not made of little bits of glass, a piece of wood, a thread or two, perhaps all put together to attest its truth. Reality reality does not depend on it. There is no gap that separates the truth from dreams and from illusions. Truth has left no room from the, for them in any place or time, for it fills every place and every time and makes them wholly indivisible. You who believe there is a little gap between you and your brother, do not see that it is here you are as prisoners in a world. Pre- 
in a world perceived to be existing here. The world you see does not exist because the place where you perceive it is not real. The gap is carefully concealed in fog and misty pictures rise to cover it with vague, uncertain forms and changing shapes, forever substantially unsubstantial and unsure. Yet in the gap is nothing and there are no awesome secrets and no darkened tombs where terror rises from the bones of death. Look at the little gap and you behold the innocence and emptiness of sin that you will see within yourself when you have lost the fear of recognizing love. All right. So this section, which is the alternative to dreams of fear, is just trying to remind us that this world is but a dream. It's an illusion. And if we buy into it and we believe it, then of course we're going to be afraid of it because it has fearful things in it. It has horrible, fearful things in it. And these horrible, fearful things become our existence if we allow it to be. It's a shift. It's a shift in perception saying, nope, this isn't real. I'm not going to buy into this. I'm going to see real for what it is. And heaven, can the little piece of heaven can exist here but not in this illusion, not at all. The secret vows. So that's 602, paragraph one says this. Who punishes the body is insane. For here the little gap is seen and yet it is not here. It has not judged itself nor made itself to be what it is, what it is not. It does not seek to make of pain a joy and look for lasting pleasure in the dust. It does not tell you what its purpose is and cannot understand what it is for. It does not victimize because it has no will, no preferences, and no doubts. It does not wonder what it is. And so it has no need to be competitive. It can be victimized, but cannot feel itself as victim. It accepts no role, but does what it is told without attack. Paragraph two says, it is indeed a senseless point of view to hold responsible for sight of sight, a thing that cannot see and blame it for the sounds you do not like, although it cannot hear. It suffers not the punishment you give because it has no feelings. It behaves in ways you want, next page, but never makes the choice. It is not born and does not die. It can but follow aimlessly the path on which it has been set that it has been set. And if that path is changed, it walks as easily another way. It takes no sides and judges not the road it travels. It perceives no gap because it does not hate. It can be used for hate, but it cannot be hateful made thereby. Paragraph four says the body represents the ego. Be- the sorry, the body represents the gap between the little bit of the mind you call your own and all the rest of what is really yours. Actually, I'm going to stop right there. I just want to comment on paragraph one and two. It's talking about the body. The body follows what the mind says. The mind controls the body. The body does not control the mind. So it's whatever the mind tells the body to do, it does. If it tells it to go left, it goes left. It tells it to go right, it goes right. It does not do it on its own. And they're trying to be really, really clear that these are two entirely separate things, that they may exist together, but they are two entirely separate things. And that's really important. 
Um, I want to see where I am. Okay. So it says, you hate it, yet you think it is yourself and that without it would yourself be lost. This is the secret vow that you have made with every brother who would walk apart. This is the secret oath you take again whenever you perceive yourself attacked. No one can suffer if he does not see himself attacked and losing by attack and under unstated and unheard in consciousness is every pledge to sickness, yet it is a promise to another to be hurt by him and to attack him in return. Paragraph five says, sickness is anger taken out upon the body so that it will suffer pain. It is the obvious effect of what was made in secret in agreement with another secret wish to be apart from you as you would be apart from him. Unless you both agree that that is your wish, it Ha- it can have no effects. Whoever says there is no gap between my mind and yours has kept God's promise, not his tiny oath to be forever faithful unto death. And by his healing is his brother healed. Paragraph six says, let this be your agreement with each other, that you be one with him and not apart. And he will keep the promise that you make with him because it is the one that he has made to God as God is made to him. God keeps his promises. His son keeps his. In his creation did his father say, you are beloved of me and I of you forever. Be you perfect as myself, for you can never be apart from me. His son remembers that not, next page, that not he replied, I will, though in that promise he was born. Yet God reminds him of it every time he does not share a promise to be sick, but lets his mind be healed and unified. His secret vows are powerless before the will of God, whose promises he shares, and what he substitutes is not his will. Who has made promise of himself to God? That is the secret vows. So what they're talking about here is all of the all of the secret vows we make to ourselves about what and who we think we are. And all those vows and those commitments to our inner strength and this world and our our uniqueness and our individuality as if that those were shields and those were medals that we carry around with us. God is saying that's an illusion. This world made that up. You joined in that illusion for a whole number of reasons, but it is as far away from God as you could get. You need to let go of all those things and remember that you are one with God always at every moment, every second of time, of this time. In eternity, there is no time, but of this time in this world. The next section on page 604 is called the Ark of Safety. Paragraph one starts like this. God asks for nothing and his son like him need ask for nothing for there is no lack in him. An empty space, a tiny gap would be a lack and it is only there that he would want for something he has not. A space where God is not. A gap between the father and the son is not the will of either who have promised to be one, right? Saying we have nothing, we lack for nothing. The only thing we want is of this world because we want stuff. 
right? We won't have stuff. We won't have money. We want all those things because, and we, we think that will keep us from lacking something. But God gave us everything. There is no lack unless we want to find it and we want to create it, but it's not real. Paragraph two says the beautiful relationship you have with all your brothers and sisters is a part of you because it is a part of God himself. Are you not sick if you deny yourself your wholeness and your health, the source of help, the calling to healing and the call to heal? Your savior waits for healing and the world waits with him, nor are you apart from it. For healing will be one or not at all. It's oneness being where the healing is. What could correct for separation, but it's opposite. There is no middle ground in any aspects of a salvation. You accept it wholly or you accept it not. What is unseparated must be joined and what is joined cannot be separated. Paragraph three says, either there is a gap between you and your brother or you are as one. There is no in between, no other choice and no allegiance to be split between the two. A split allegiance is but faithlessness to to both. It merely sets you spinning around to grasp uncertainty at any straw that seems to hold some promise of relief. Paragraph four at the bottom says, with this as purpose is the body healed. It is not used to witness, next page, to the dream of separation and disease, nor is it idly blamed for what it did not do. It serves to help the healing of God's son, and for this purpose, it cannot be sick. It will not join a purpose not your own, and you have chosen that it not be sick. All miracles are based upon this choice and given you the instant it is made. No forms of sickness are immune because the choice cannot be made in terms of form. The choice of sickness seems to be a form, yet it is one as is its opposite, and you are sick or well accordingly. Paragraph 11 at the bottom says, your home is built upon your brother's health, upon his happiness, his sinlessness, and everything his father promised him. No secret promise you have made instead has shaken the foundation of his home. The winds will blow upon it and the rain will beat against it, but with no effect. The world will wash away and yet this house will stand forever for its strength lies not within within it alone or itself alone. It is an ark of safety resting on God's promise that his son is safe forever in himself. What gap can interpose itself between the safety of this shelter and its source? From here, the body can be seen as what it is and neither less nor more in worth than the extent to which it can be used to liberate God's son onto his home. And with this holy purpose, is it made a home of holiness a little for a little while because it shares your father's will with you. That is the Ark of Safety. And the Ark of Safety is just reminding you that you are safe within God's promises. You are safe within the Ark. As long as you don't buy into the illusions of this world and you see it as what it is, nothing. It's nothing. It's nothingness being played out every single day in 
an attempt to make it real, but it's not real. It never will be. The only thing that's real is heaven and what God has shown us to be real. This is just navigating this illusion, this illusional world to figure out how you get through it so you can get to the other side. So that is the arc of safety Um, in two weeks. Yeah, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, I will be back and on time with chapter 29. And we will cover the following sections in chapter 29, the closing of the gap, the coming of the guest, God's witnesses, dream roles, forgiveness, and the end of time. My online live book club is on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is actually coming to a close too because it's going to finish this book right around the same time as we do. And then we're going to take a break until the fall. And anyone is welcome to join the online book club, um, sorry, my Zoom book club and um, join in that live conversation. They will. It will remain at 7 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. If anyone's interested in joining me or talking to me um, or just saying hello, please uh, feel free to contact me at trifecta now three at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I wanted to mention one other thing, one other thing as a season begins to reach its end, which season five is about to, I always announce what is coming next. I'll be honest in saying, I'm not sure at this time. I let the Holy Spirit guide me and I've heard nothing yet. I have this summer to find the answer to the next part of this journey. I'm open for suggestions. However, if anyone could see what I might embark upon next, you can email me any suggestions. I would love to hear them. Season six will start in September, but what it will be is currently an unsolved mystery. Hopefully I will get that mystery solved sometime this summer. I'll keep you posted. Keep sharing the love. Remember, this is our journey. Let us together find our way. Live in this moment. It's the only one that truly matters. Always love, Denise.